This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right, sound check complete and go. Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors. The podcast which reveals everything you ever needed to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home. I'm Sophie Robinson. And I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And first, a huge shout out to our insiders who are steadily growing in number. As a member of The Great Indoors Insiders, you get to support the podcast, enjoy ad-free listening, get bonus content like last month's interview with interior design and AI native Vanessa Edwards. You also get first dibs on ticketed events and we are currently getting revved up to take our first group trip to Italy in just over a week's time. So become a friend of the show today by visiting thegreatindoorspodcast.com and start enjoying the benefits. Now, Kate, any updates on the house in Italy? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the top line... All I'm going to say is potentially don't attempt two full house renovations in a single year. Yes, I could have told you that. Could you have told me that? Well, here we are. So we are getting there. My husband went over there a couple of weeks ago to uh, fire a rocket up, you know, certain places where the sun don't shine and get everybody (laughs) moving along. I mean, it's all lessons in renovating abroad, you know, a bit of mistranslation. And I'm sort of the middle middle woman between the architect and the suppliers because of the language barrier. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's more complicated. But as of the end of last week, we had coloured paint on ceilings. So assuming we're going from the top down, literally, it is beginning to look like a house. How do you even go about ordering stuff for a, a house renovation abroad? I mean, are you going onto Italian websites and ordering Italian products? Or are you shipping? A mix of both because... 
I came across this this wonderful architect who speaks very good English and she's taken a lot of the pain out of it. Without her, I don't know. And, you know, included in her fee is she goes to visit the house twice a week. So that makes life a lot easier. We've bought some sanitary ware in Italy and we've brought some from Burlington and we've shipped it over. And that's because we wanted, because it's a very old house, a specifically sort of retro style bathrooms. And the Italians like very modern, very sleek. And we didn't want that look. So the architect took us to a, a bathroom warehouse where the cost of those sort of lovely high level cisterns and, and slightly more Victorian looking basins was so expensive because they don't have it in stock because the Italians don't want it. So there's no demand for it. So we bought oh, a few things from there. And then we ended up shipping more of it from the UK because even with taking it over there, it was still cheaper than buying it in Italy. So it's as all decoration is, you know, it's swings and roundabouts. We've bought some tiles there. We've got quite a lot of tiles have come from Maitland Pote in Spain because that's an easy ship because it's Spain, so it's all EU. So it's a question of sort of juggling what we want and where it is and how we can get it there. And has has Brexit made it harder to take British products over there. So you've ended up looking for other European-based companies who sell in the UK, but then you think, oh, if they're a European company, it's going to be easier. Well, this is it. I mean, I've worked in this country with Corsten, who in fact were previous sponsors of the show, and they've now opened up warehouses in France and Italy and Spain, and they've translated all their websites. So we're getting some lights from them, which either the builders will order because they're in Italy, or we will order via the Italian website and just get taken direct to the house. So there is, if you've got companies who are already based in there, and other companies have said to me, oh, you know, we have warehouses in the EU, so that's easier. So we're just sort of experimenting our way around it, really, to see what we can get there and what we can't, and dealing with paperwork. And how often are you actually getting to go yourself, or are you really doing this very remotely? One of us is going on a monthly basis, but we're now that the paint has started, and my husband was there, as I say, going around with the architect, and he was sending me a picture and going, do you want inside that window in this colour or that colour? And do you want, (gasps) you know, I mean, it has to get down to the granular because they're painting it. So I've done a whole paint plan for this window, this window reveal, this floor, this skirting board, this ceiling, that bit of wall there with a photograph where it's an odd angle, do it in that shape. You know, it's all really, really detailed. But we think now now that we've done the big stuff, the rewiring, the plumbing, we're perhaps going to have to go more often or a bit longer because we're getting down into the detail. But the bathrooms start this week. So that's exciting. Tiles have arrived. Concrete goes down in the bathrooms. First fixed plumbing has been done. So that should all start to happen. (gasps) Brilliant. Oh, very, 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 very exciting. Well, going on for me, nothing happening here at the house. We're all done for the time being. But it's been a busy month in London in the industry. It's been obviously Focus and the London Design Festival throughout September. I got to launch my wallpaper and fabric collection to the trade at Focus. That was a really joyous thing. We had three like little room sets inside the Harlequin showroom at Chelsea Harbour. And I got to do a couple of talks. I got to do a panel. I got to talk about colour, which is going to be one of our topics a for today's episode. A subject that bores you so much. I mean, I don't know how you managed it. Oh, God, I've got to talk about colour again. Yawn. <laughs> but yeah, so it's been a really, really buzzy time. I think London's been a real buzz. We've had that real sort of, I don't know, back to school feeling. You know, the autumn's coming in. I don't know. I like this time of year. 
I find it quite energizing and I feel quite optimistic and kind of raring to go. And then we've got Dakarax round the corner, haven't we? That hasn't happened yet. And oh, we're doing a talk, aren't we? You We are doing a talk. Me, Annie Sloan will be at Dakarax on the 8th of October. I think that's a Sunday. And we'd love our listeners to come along. I think you can still buy tickets. I think there's still some tickets left at the theatre if you want to. We'll put a link in the show notes. Come and hear me and Annie and Kate talk about colour in in decoration. And I'll also be there on the Monday to launch my carpet, Quirky Bloom, which is a riot of daisies. And that fits in very well with today's topic. I'm loving this. You have designed a patterned carpet strewn with daisies. Are you going all a little bit power hippie now, Kate? Power hippie or flower power hippie? Interesting. (laughs) I am a power hippie. (laughs) You are the flower power hippie. I'm just a power hippie. No, we're not going hippie. Well, I mean, not unless you want to, obviously. No, today we are talking about optimism in interiors, which is a trend that's been kind of bubbling under for a while. And a couple of weeks ago... Dear listeners, Sophie and I were together at the annual dinner with the designers at Heels, which they do every London design festival. And the editor of Living Etc, Pip Rich, made a welcome speech. And he said he was really noticing a sense of optimism in interior design at the moment. Yeah, I sort of feel this is coming through. He talked a lot about joyful interiors and people wanting to decorate to make themselves feel good a sort of general sort of happy vibe which is very very un-London design week historically I'd say where everyone's going around looking jolly jolly serious (laughs) trying to be cool (laughs) trying to be cool yeah absolutely and they definitely felt there was more of a lightness and an optimism for sure buzzing around the show I mean obviously my brand and my collection for Harlequin was always going to be around this the joy of decorating the kind of uplift of joyous colors it's pattern it's nature it's a riot it's eclectic it's this very kind of chromatic color palette which has a very positive vibes feel but I must admit the feedback that I was getting from interior designers who were coming into the showroom was a real feeling of oh at last we've been craving for a collection like this thank you I mean people were really, people were thanking me like oh you're really helping us out because they said not only themselves but their clients are really wanting to embrace this sort of feeling of optimism happiness positivity and bright color in their interiors it's really interesting isn't it so on the back of those sort of two events on the same day Sophie and I thought we'd we'd get into this optimism decorating you know what is it is it just another sort of label that desperate design journalists have put on something or is it actually a thing and I think Sophie it's a phrase that you've used for a while and I've sort of avoided on principle but um I think you've called it dopamine decorating and I'm you know do we need to reassure listeners that this doesn't mean we've got to decorate everything in primary colors and make it look like play school because <laughs> I'm already nervous You already don't want to talk about this, do you? No, I've gone off the idea at all. Let's talk about utter misery (laughs) and the revival of Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm just going to put a bracket in there because we may return to this later. I had a message from someone yesterday on Instagram saying, have you noticed? Because obviously as as we're recording this now, it's that sort of month of, Milan Fashion Week, Paris Fashion Week, London and New York. And someone said, oh, have you noticed how there's loads of grey on the catwalk? Do you think grey is coming back? Interesting. 
We'll deal with that another time. But... I did not know that. Grey yeah. on the catwalk, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah, let's park that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Dopamine decorating. Dopamine decorating. You're right, Kate, is a phrase that journalists have been banding around for a while. They're sort of the hashtag dopamine decor is very, very popular on Instagram and TikTok. And in terms of a hashtag, it is very much about the vibrant colours, bold patterns, eclectic prints, tactile textures... But also the other thing that I'd be interested to explore with you around this is it's not all about colour, mainly about colour, but it's also sort of riddled with this feeling of nostalgia as well. There's a bit of kitsch styling thrown in as well. But I think just for anyone who doesn't even just sort of backtrack a bit, dopamine, just for anyone who doesn't know what it is, it's like a it's a neurotransmitter, isn't it? Like a chemical messenger that when it's released by the brain makes us feel happy. And it happens to go very well with the word decor. <laughs> well, there is I that. Think. Love a bit that's of alliteration. Why, yeah. That's why the two things have got sandwiched together. So it's about decorating to make yourself feel happy, to give yourself this great sense of joy. And it is indeed everything anti-grey, everything anti-minimalism, everything anti-taking things too seriously. And it's growing in popularity, I'm pleased to say. As with of- often the case with moods rather than trends in interior design, you know, why why this? Why now? And if you've listened to, to our last episode, regular listeners, we interviewed Marianne Schillingford of Dulux a couple of weeks ago on the colour of the year, which was this sort of very soft, slightly greyish pink called Sweet Embrace. Leaving the colour aside, because it is, as is always the case with Dulux, colour of the year, quite controversial. What Marianne said, which really resonated, I thought, was that there's an optimism, which is a feeling of positivity about the future. We're not quite there. We're not all rainbows and happiness quite yet but we're beginning to think that that could happen so that also chimes in with this notion of beginning to feel optimistic and I wonder whether because optimism is a feeling we're still looking outside in the world going oh god it's still a bit grim so we're going to bring that positive feeling into our homes at least when we come home if we can feel happy and optimistic and safe and ready to look to the future then, you know, perhaps that's self-perpetuating and everything's going to get better. So that's why we're decorating with optimism. The question now is how? Well, I think just on that point, I think that it's really interesting and it kind of like also reinforces the fact that our homes are so important to our sense of mental well-being. And, And maybe for some of us as well, it's the only thing we can control. We can't always control the chaos that's going on in our newsfeed but we can create our own little happy place within our own four walls. I suppose the the headline is, though, that, you know, what makes you happy in your decor is quite subjective and arguably quite diverse as well (laughs) as just the two of us sharing this podcast space together is testament of. I mean, my idea of uh, of a decor that's going to make me feel happy in yours is is probably quite different. You think? (laughs) Um, I I looked into this because I did wonder where, where Pip from Living Etc had got this from. And he's interviewed a British-born, LA-based designer called Jake Arnold, who I love. Sophie, you might not, because it's much more muted colours. It's it's more Kate than Sophie, I'll be honest. But he said in this interview, which I thought was, was interesting, that one of the first things, or one of the most important things he thinks with decorating for optimism, which he's he's written about a lot, is 
layout. And what he means by that is laying out rooms in such a way as to facilitate conversation. And I thought that was really interesting. So obviously he's decorating huge houses in LA where there's lots of different ways you can put the furniture, but you can bring that into a smaller space. So, you know, rather than having perhaps two sofas rigidly facing each other, you might create an L shape or a modular sofa or have two chairs in a corner with a little table between them. So this this idea that your your home is going to facilitate chat and conversation and connection, and that will all help with a feeling of, of optimism. That was a slightly left field idea for me, but then when I read it, I thought well, that makes complete sense. Then, but then for other people, a feeling of a, of a happy home will be creating that book nook in the corner where no one can find you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it is that as well. So I suppose it is, it's digging down uh, and discovering what you're happy. I mean, I think the whole dopamine decor thing is, is more erring towards a less serious approach, a playful approach, not li- not following rules. There's something a bit rebellious about this look as well. Giving sort of slightly two fingers to the establishment and everyone else going, do you know what, if I want a giant... Giant six foot tall palm tree light. That was my dopamine decor from the last house. Yes, yeah. that's your dopamine decor. And I'm thinking of Sophie Ellis-Bex's house when we toured there and she had a giant fairground oh, ice fiberglass cream. ice cream cone in the corner. Funny enough, something that popped up in my feed the other day was a um, Architectural Digest house tour. Do like them. I'm part to a to an ad house tour as we know and it was adwa aboa's house that's recently been designed she's designed it with beata Heyman, who is as we know very sort of up and coming successful i think she's up and come I she's mean, up she's and the come. Darling. she's up and she's, the she's the darling, darling. The that's interior. what i mean very much the darling. so it's interesting and um adwa is obviously a model and an actress but they're quite i thought that was quite an intriguing pairing for a client an interior designer i have to say it's a really great house tour. This is dopamine decor as far as I'm concerned, done tastefully. And I think it kind of shows when you get someone like Beata on board <laughs> who can make something quite kitsch and nostalgic actually look quite cool. I think that's the art in it. And it was interesting. I'd actually said, you know, I like leopard print. I like Hello Kitty. I like kitsch. If I had to sum up my style, it'd be tacky granny. (laughs) Tacky granny. (laughs) I love that. We've moved on from granny chic or nonna chic to tacky Tacky granny. granny. So that not that like an amazing brief? And... What Beata's done, and I can see actually why they are a really lovely match because Beata loves using vintage. She's quite left field designer as well. There was always a bit of the unexpected and the unusual in a lot of her schemes. But like, for example, the bedroom has got this really mad retro pattern carpet that I think most people would be ripping out, not installing. She said she wanted matching curtains and wallpaper because it reminded her of her granny's house. Uh, she's got a, re- a vintage retro dressing table. She said even though she doesn't put her makeup on there, she just loves the nostalgia of it. And then there's things like there's this incredible bookcase downstairs. In fact, she calls it kind of like, you know, those rooms in London Terrace houses in the middle that kind of get to be like the non-room. So you have the, the back kitchen of the, the knock through. Yeah, so you get the kitchen at the back, the living room at the front, and then you have this middle room, which is like the non-room. Yeah. Well, she sort of created a bit of a memory room in there where she's got all her little kitsch displays. There's even like a Barbie in, on a throne inside of a, like a glass cloche. So I kind of, and, and there's like Barbarella and Boogie Nights posters. Lots and lots of vintage retro, potentially non-cool stuff. 
all brought together to make cool because it is her house. It's what makes her happy. And when you actually read the comments, which can be very judgy on an AD YouTube mm. video, I hasten to add, it's quite interesting to look at the comments. Everyone's completely on board with this. They're like, this is the best house tour ever seen on AD. You can just see how much this person loves her home. You can see what a lovely person she is. That's really interesting because we spoke a lot a while ago about Lily Allen's house tour Mm. on Architectural Digest. And that was another one that everybody went nuts for. And that was a riot of flower and colour. And it was very beautiful. But it wasn't in the same way that this one is, it didn't have the wit. And I wonder mm. whether it's to do with the wit. Lily's was beautiful, but quite grown up. Even probably, though it was flamboyant Probably still colour. quite serious, actually, if you think uh, about Exactly it. that. And I think this idea of optimism is, I mean, some people do, are, are frightened of kitsch. I always say it's, you know, it's about having one thing in a room that's perhaps a talking point or is fun or that resonates with you. Because if it resonates with you, people will, when they come and visit your house, they will see you in that object. And I think that's a really key thing. And we've said this before, so this is not news. But when it comes to decorating, stop and ask yourself what you like, what you need. And don't be afraid to go, if I want a giant ice cream scoop in the middle of my sitting room, I'm going to have one. Well, do you know, do you know, this is a design first. One of Adwa's favourite items in her memory room was a light that looks, when it's switched off, looks like a little baguette and another one looks like a little croissant. And there's a, there's a battery light switch and you turn them on, they glow. That's very cool. She bought them in Paris and they're her favourite things. And I thought, my God. And it's life-size croissant. It's not even oversized, just a little light-size plastic croissant. <laughs> Do you know, that's like a switch and it's a light. I just thought that was brilliantly bonkers. I have been speaking to, there's a Swedish design couple called Atpinta, A-T-T-P-Y-N-T-A, and they make beautiful interiors. They do lots of linen curtains and, and chairs and so on and so forth. And they sent me a press release saying that they've just produced a new light called Soft Serve. And it's a, you can have a pendant or a table lamp And it's 3D printed, already interesting, made from biodegradable plastic, and it's in the shape of an ice cream scoop. And that's why it's called Soft Serve. And it comes in yellow and pink and blue. And I I was looking at it because I just think they make great bedside lamps. But when they're turned off, it looks like a scoop of ice cream. And that's, that's what we're talking about with this optimism. It's have some fun. Don't be afraid to have fun. I suppose on one level, you know, seeing homes like Ad was, I mean, it really was amazing. But the whole thing was obviously being installed by an interior designer. Just breaking it down and looking at your own home where you can get a little bit of a dopamine decor hit without having to like completely reinvent the wheel. So I started thinking about this and I just started thinking it could be just bringing in that little pop of colour that makes you happy. It might be just recut. So, for example, her dining chairs are vintage retro. They look like kind of 60s G-plan style chairs. And she had the covered and a leopard print. And I thought just that as an idea alone, brilliant. If leopard print's the thing that makes you feel happy, just pop it on a footstool, pop it on a dining chair. Or if it's going to be that candy Barbie pink, you don't have to redecorate and put it on all the walls. It might just be adding a little splash of it. So it's trying to find those little accents of bright colour or a particular pattern or a, or a kitsch sort of like poster reference. 
that gives you positive, joyful vibes. You're absolutely right. It's a small detail. And if your house, for whatever reason, is quite minimal or you don't want or need much colour, think about things that, that might bring a smile to your face. So, for example, painting the inside of a cupboard in the Barbie pink, if that's going to give you a little jolt of joy when you open the cupboard. <laughs> but you don't have to look at it all the time. And the other thing that's that's not colours, that's really, really key, I think, to this feeling of optimism is texture. And we interviewed uh, Oliver Heath a while ago now. Do go back and listen. And he spoke, he's very into this biophilic design and the importance of nature. And one of the things he spoke about, which which really struck me, was that they have proved that touching wood can actually lower your heart rate. It's this connection to nature, so it makes you feel more relaxed. And one of the things I noticed is that whenever I've been to press shows in the last few months, there's been, you'll know, a lot of boucle about. <laughs> that sort of buckle, uh, I don't even know how you describe it, but it's that textured chair cover. It's like a popcorn fabric, isn't it? It's a bit like popcorn. Little bits of popcorn. Looks all beautiful, always comes in cream massively impractical if you've got a cat a child (laughs) a husband a partner I mean just you know but it looks great but what happens is as soon as you put a boucle chair in a press room everybody wants to stroke it and from there they will move on to stroking the velvet curtains and touching the corduroy chairs so textures is really important to this notion of optimistic decorating and you can do it in any color you want but it's something that makes you want to interact with that room to be in that room because it feels comfortable it feels nice and therefore when you feel comfortable and you feel nice you feel better about things yeah even um even my big massive wardrobe chuck out that i did the other month that we you know we've already talked about it but my god i got a dopamine hit from that just getting stuff out of the house yes. i mean i know uh stacy solomon's sort your life out's back on the telly isn't it That's, everybody loves you know, that everybody yeah. loves that because because who would have thought that a show about going through people's unbearable piles of clutter, which is the thing that just fills me with the most uncomfortable horror, is actually one of the biggest hits in feel-good TV? Because it's just this feeling of getting getting control of your space and not feeling choked up and made to feel bad. You know, you feel bad if you've got too much stuff. You feel bad if you're looking at all the unfinished jobs around the house. So that's what I sort of mean, is we don't have to do a whole house rethink it can just be tackling the little things get the little diy jobs done get those boxes out of the house and to the charity shop get yourself some leopard print fabric cover it footstool in it job done i think that's so key because you know we've all had that feeling and i i mean i think you you know there have been books written on it about feng shui and and decluttering and having things in the right place you know we've all done that thing where we finally tackled the mountain of rubbish under the bed and thrown it away and suddenly you go oh it's like a big breath of relief you know i feel like it's weighing down on me and if you get rid of it you feel better so another sort of small but perhaps more boring way to bring in a sense of optimism into your home is do as you say those little jobs there's nothing more depressing than peeling paintwork and Mm. chipped mugs and doors that are falling off you know and scuff marks on your skirting board so if all that is looking good you're already going to come into your home after you've been outside there in the big nasty scary bit you can come into your home and go here here you know it's in a state of good repair it's happy and then I'm going to move on to open my cupboard and see my beautiful sunshine yellow mug sitting on a bright blue shelf and everything's going to make me feel better so we've I I think it's it's 
starting with the sort of boring nuts and bolts of good repair to decluttering, as you say, to potentially layout that that makes you live how you want to live in the want space. Want to have a conversation. Want to have a conversation or not, depending on, on how you want to be. Textures. The other thing I think that's really key is lighting. I mean, you know, you look at my my son's moving out to his rental flat and, you know, there's a lot of bad lighting in those rental houses. So it's about encouraging sort of warm, comfortable lighting, isn't it? Whether that's through bulbs and lamps. Yeah, and the type of lamp as well. Get, get yourself a little kitsch toadstool lamp or a little ice cream lamp or a little lava lamp. Just have some fun. Just yeah. have some fun and a little bit of silliness. That's what I'd encourage everybody to do. Another old friend of the podcast, Michelle Agunderhin. Do you remember when we went to her house tour? She'd got, there was a little gap, I think, between the top of her panelling and the bottom of the bookcase. A a small gap, about 10 centimetres tall, that really nobody on this earth would have noticed. But she noticed it because she is a woman of great detail. (laughs) And she noticed it when she sat down in her chair and it bothered her. So she painted it yellow. And I remember really clearly her doing And she said, I can only see this strip of yellow when I'm sitting down on that particular chair at that particular angle, looking in that particular direction. And it you know, took her 10 minutes to do. But that was a little hidden bit of bringing yellow joy, yellow joy in and feeling optimistic. There are certain colours that are well-researched to bring joy. So your, yeah, your yellows being the classic, but also oranges, pinks, maybe aquas. So again, I think it's it's a good idea to think about what are the, and again, you don't, you know, like Michelle, you don't have to paint the whole room in it, but just a little pop of a colour that makes you feel happy, that makes you smile. Stick it under a shelf, stick it inside a cupboard, stick it in the downstairs loo, stick it on your front door, those sorts of things. So my question now to you, Sophie, I've got one more question for you. And I just want to know then, does this mean that when we painted everything grey in the 2012s, we were all actually quite depressed? Oh, I mean, (laughs) I I think whether we were before, we definitely were after, weren't we? After all that (laughs) grey. It's an interesting phenomenon, isn't it? I don't think people really knew enough about how colour affected them emotionally during that time. Yeah. That's really interesting. So now we're a bit more clued up on what we need. I think we are. I think we spend a lot of time indoors. Do you remember that? And I think all these trends coming out are all a reaction on what's just gone on in the last three or four years previously. So I think people have realised that their grey walls are not bringing the optimism and the joy. So it's time to come up with another plan. And this is it. Dopamine decor. Absolutely. And what I think is interesting about this is that it's not a trend Mm. as in laying down a rule of you must use this colour or you must use this this fabric. And obviously we're seeing that because, you know, people have still got to sell their stuff. But this is a mood trend and I'm here for it. I mean, it's really obvious to see where my dopamine is. Dopamine decor is in my decor because it's everywhere. I want every room to give me squeals of delight, have me doing cartwheels through the hallway where do you get your jolts that I'd like to see (laughs) but my hall's not big enough Uh, well mine comes I mean it is through colour but it's colour in a different way Mm. mine is through a very rich deep colour and that makes me feel cocooned that makes me feel safe that makes me feel comfortable Um, so for me it's using colour in that way and it's absolutely texture you know I want a velvet sofa I want (laughs) 
I have a velvet <laughs> sofa. What else do I want? I'd like a corduroy sofa. I like the feeling of linen bed sheets and a velvet headboard. It's different colours. I like, you know, on the floors to walk around barefoot on this house and going from sort of natural tile to soft carpet to sisal. So it's very much about texture and lighting for me. But And, and while I do have colour, it's rich and saturated so it, it you're absolutely right everybody's dopamine comes in a different way but I do yes. like a bit of fun I mean I miss my palm tree light it's in the house in Italy it will re-emerge I'm going to get maybe a soft serve ice cream light I think fun fun is key and another way another way you do it actually in your home is with your artwork you've got some quite humorous hackney day pieces of art around the house as well so that's another as I said Adwa Aboa's Barbarella posters going up the stairs were her little giggle, I guess. So yeah, it's you can just do. You gotta have a giggle. Gotta have a giggle, people. That's what I'm saying. There we go. <laughs> now this is all we've got time for this week. But next week it's our regular style surgery. So do get those design dilemmas over to us. The address is help at thegreatindoorspodcast.com. And in the meantime, head on over to our Facebook group at The Great Indoors Podcast to carry on the conversation. What is your dopamine decor? How do you decorate to be optimistic in your own home? But for now, thanks to our producer, Sarah Cadden of Feast Collective. And thanks, of course, to you for listening. 